in our scripture in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let me say this again. The Holy Spirit produces. So where does the fruit come from? Where's the Holy Spirit? Okay, so this Holy, the Holy Spirit is producing this kind of fruit in our life. What a blessing that we don't have to produce it, but we get to have it. We get to walk in it. We get to experience it, but it doesn't come from us. The Holy Spirit produces this in us. All right, and here's what it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. This is straight up from God. This fruit here comes from God. This isn't the kind of joy that, <clears throat> that we just work up. This isn't just being happy. Okay, this is deeper. You know where you'll see this joy is in the middle of a horrible week. That's when this joy shows up. It's kind of like those friends. You have those friends that as long as everything's good, they're there for you. But then if it's tough, they just leave you. You ever had one of those friends? Hopefully they're not sitting next to you. If they are, don't, don't raise your hand. I had a friend in high school. Um, there's these things called uh, snapping pops. Those little things you throw down the ground, they just make a loud noise. Little pop things or whatever. And we had a box of those we bought at the store at the bus stop. And um, we weren't supposed to have them in school. Uh, but at this time in my life, I was a PK and a preacher's kid, some people would say pagan kid, but I was a PK, and we were just, we liked, I like to have fun, so we're going down the hallway, and uh, we would throw them, you'd hear a little noise, and then teachers would run out, and we'd, oh, whatever, um, but my friend, uh, he, we were walking, and we're walking down the hall, and he throws run right beside this classroom, he threw it, he had them in his pocket, he threw it, it popped, teacher came out, the principal was actually in the hallway, heard it, came up, and said, who did it? And my friend, my friend didn't just say, not me, but he said, him. And he pointed to me. And I'm like, hey, man, I thought we was friends. You know, I thought you would kind of, you know, you can deny it. But you just threw me under the bus like your friend. So being smart as I am, I hit him in the chest. And when I did... A bunch of them popped. So guess what? He got hauled off to the principal's office, and I got sent to class. But it was, that was just a great story to tell you for no reason. Um, no, there was a reason. It's those friends that you know they're there when everything's fine, and then difficulty comes, and it's not there. See, this kind of joy, it's not the kind of joy that, oh, man, everything's good. Man, work is awesome. I got promoted. Oh, someone gave me a car. I mean, it's just life is good. Oh, this steak is cooked perfect. I mean, all the things. No, this is, that's not joy. That's not joy. Everybody can be happy when everything's fine. This joy, it sticks around when everything falls apart. It's still there. It's still operating in your life in the most difficult situation. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's where people, see, when, when you look, think about the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's supernatural. It's different. This is why the believers stood out, because they operated in something that wasn't normal. This isn't the normal joy. 
when, when you're watching the news and when people at your work and they're talking about all the stuff that's happening, all the things that are going on, and you still have joy, that says something. It says something when the economy's going crazy and, and you're still fine. It says something when the boss comes and says, hey, just so y'all know, tomorrow we're laying off 150 people in your department. And there's 151 in your department. And you think, uh, chances are I'm gone. But you can still have joy in that. And you can have joy because your joy is not tied to your circumstance. Your joy looks beyond that. The joy that comes from the Spirit who produces and and speaks to you on behalf of God that says, listen, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. And if this job ends for you because they're downsizing or whatever, you got to remember this job is never your source. The Bible doesn't say, and this job shall supply all of your needs according to their riches. No, this Bible says, and Paul says it, that my God will supply your needs. And it'll come through whatever resources he chooses But God's your supplier. So when things change, you're still okay. You're still fine. God's faithful. All right, let's look at the notes. Let's look at a couple other scriptures real quick. Let's go ahead to the next one. I I take my notes in here backwards, so I can't even see my scriptures. Go ahead. All right, yeah, I'm with it today. I still have joy. All right, here we go. Got it. John 15. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. This is Jesus. And he says, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things, referring to remaining in him, abiding in him. Okay, he says, I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Check that out. Jesus says, you'll be filled with my joy. That's different. He didn't say, oh, this will make you happy. No, he says, listen, if you do this, if you abide in me and remain in me, and that, when you look that word up in the Greek, abide or remain, here's what it means, not to leave, not to depart. So when you stay connected to God and you remain in him and abide in him, he says, you'll be filled with my joy. The joy that comes from God, you'll be filled with it. And then it says, in your joy, which it comes from my joy, will overflow. Think about what it means to overflow. What do you think about? Just, it's, listen, when the cup's full and it's still coming, it's overflowing. Where's it going? All around. If you're overflowing with joy, it's going to affect other people. I mean, it's joy, real joy is contagious. Even... Even just playing out happiness. Turn to your neighbor and smile. You know what naturally happens when someone smiles at you? You smile back. There's always a few that will fight it. There's always a few. Some of y'all are here. Because you just did. You're like, yeah, whatever. There are people that fight it. But I'm telling you, try it this week. Here's a little homework assignment. Smile at people. When you're walking in the grocery store and you're going to look for, you know, your Count Chocula or whatever cereal you're getting, and somebody else is going to look for the Raisin Bran on the healthy side, and y'all pass each other, give a little smile. Watch what happens. Strangers will smile back at you. 
Because it's contagious. It, there's something about it that it, it helps. It does something. So this, this stuff that when we're, when we're connected to God and his Holy Spirit, listen, our joy overflows and it's coming from him. It's not coming from our circumstance. It's not coming from some great thing that happened in our life today. It comes from the Spirit of God. Look at Philippians 4.4. 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. He says it again because it's important. Look at the next one. Look at 1 Thessalonians. Always be joyful. You know what always means? Always be joyful. Joyful means full of joy. Full of joy. Not joy half, joy half full, not joy a little bit. No, f- joy full, full of joy. Full. Never stop praying. Keep going. Be thankful in our circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know what God's will for you is? To be joyful, to pray, and to give thanks. That's what it is. Be joyful, pray, and give thanks. Even in uh, Psalms 100 verse 2, it talks about enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Rejoice. Come to him joyful. Listen, I love happy people. Why aren't we walking in joy the way we should? I'll tell you why. We don't remain. We don't remain. Sometimes it's so easy for us to lose our joy. Listen, you don't really lose it. You stop using it. Because the Spirit of God is always with you. And that's His fruit. And He's got it. But if you you switch over and decide to, to come up with your own idea of how you feel, then you don't walk in that joy, but you have it. It's available to you. We have to, that's, that's part of, listen, the part of evangelism that we have to get, it's our everyday life. It's living a life uh, in, in Romans, and I think we'll read it later, it talks about the kingdom of God is living a life of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Representing God by being joyful in everything. Always be joyful. He says it again, rejoice. Be joyful always, always, always. Why, do, why are there, and I'm not saying in here, why are there a lot of believers that walk around like they're sucking a lemon? Just, mm, they're just all wound up. They're just, ugh, they're irritable. They're, mm. We're missing it. Life isn't always good. I get that. I'm not saying be fake. I'm not saying you can never have a day. It's like, man, it's a tough day. But there's got to be a reason. That you have to dig down. You have to understand. You have to find that, that avenue and that way to allow the Spirit of God to let His joy manifest in the midst of whatever that week is. And we'll, I'll tell you why here in just a second. All right? Let's go, let's go to the um, next verse. Here's where joy comes from. It comes from God. Look at Psalm 16, verse 11. You show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Whatness? That's right. Whatness. That sounded funny. Fullness of joy. I mean completely full. I say it all the time because this is how I I picture it. It's like a joy convention in your life. Every room is booked with joy. Sadness wants to show up. Depression. Sorry. We ain't got no rooms available. 
Joy Convention took over the whole place. I'm upset. I need a place. I need a place this bitterness can take root. Sorry, Joy Convention. Try another place. There's, there's no room. We're full. What if we lived our life like that? The enemy wants to come at you and bring all discouragement and get you offended, unforgiving, all the stuff that will limit what God can do in your life. Get you all offended. And we'll, we'll find a way. You know, I can squeeze you in the closet. No, we're full. Take your offense back to hell. It ain't coming here. We are, we are, this is, I'm full, full of joy. Nothing else, nothing else is welcome. What if we lived our life that way? I'm telling you, you'd stand out. You'd stand out like light and darkness. When everybody else is all upset. Everybody else is offended at something the, the boss did or something the boss said or something somebody said. Listen, uh, I'm telling you, if you won't let it take root, it won't stop your fruit from flowing. You'll walk in the things of God. So you need, we, need to be, we need to be joyful. All right, look at uh, Psalms 43, 4, in case you still aren't sure that it comes from God. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of, say it, all my joy. Who's the source of all of your joy? God. God is the source of your joy. You want to be joyful? You got to go to God. He's the source of it. Let's go to the next scripture. Matthew 2.10. This is when Jesus comes and, and obviously, he, you know, Mary gave birth to baby Jesus. And, the, and they're going to follow, you know, the shepherds are following the star. And it says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They, listen, the joy wasn't because, oh, I love stars. Oh, a star. I, I've always liked stars when I was little. No, it had nothing to do with that. You know what it was? Because the star was what they were supposed to follow to get to Jesus. That's why they were filled with joy. Look at Luke 2.10. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I'll bring you good news that will bring, listen, this good news that will bring great joy to all people. Jesus comes and the angel says, listen, Jesus is being born and here's what's going to happen. He's going to bring good news that will bring great joy to all the people. All the people. Look at Luke one forty four. I love this. Okay, let me paint the picture. Elizabeth, she's pregnant, okay? So she's all, Ooh. Mary is over here pregnant. Same thing, just, Ooh, okay? Mary's pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth is pregnant with John. When they come together and Mary walks in to Elizabeth's house, this is what happens. She says, you know, she greets him and it says, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Listen, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if people really catch this, but Jesus was, when Jesus came in, John was created to prepare the way for the Lord. 
That's what he was called to do, to prepare the way for Jesus, right? So here's, here's what happens. When Jesus comes in the room, it wasn't a, I mean, Mary and Elizabeth, yeah, they, they were cool. But there was a connection with John and Jesus. And when Jesus shows up, John was like, oh, that's him. Now, I mean, obviously there's no proof that that was said. But I think, I think it was like that. I honestly think that John was like, you know what? I, I think I'm, I'm, he's close. I think there was something about the presence of Jesus that even affected John. Because of the relationship that they had, obviously, after that. So I'm telling you, Jesus in his presence brings joy. Here's the importance of joy. This is why joy is important. Look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Nehemiah continued, go celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Share gifts of food with people have, and who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Uh, do not, don't be dejected and sad. And then look at this next sentence. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know where your strength comes from? So what happens if you don't have joy? There you go. And we, we sometimes think, like, I just, you know, I have, I have no energy left. I mean, I'm trying. I just can't make it. I can't. This is difficult. It's been difficult. I, I'm not going to make it. I can tell you why you don't have strength. Because you lost your joy. Because joy is what gives you strength. And joy comes from his presence. When you connect to God, you overflow with joy. And that joy is the strength you need to walk through whatever you're facing. You got to have it. It's not an option. It's not something like, yeah, today I'm going to try to walk in joy. Tomorrow I'll try a different one. No, joy is every day. The fruit of the Spirit is every day. Every day. It's, the, it's key for you. Life, as far as on earth, it may not get any easier. Matter of fact, the, the, the world around us, May, may get worse. But if it's the joy of the Lord, guess what remains? Joy. Even in the midst of the world falling apart. You have to keep focus on God if you watch the news. You have to. I'm not saying don't watch it. It's good to know what's going on in the world sometimes. Sometimes I'm better off thinking, I don't, I don't know what this place is. But I'm glad I'm not a citizen here. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's what the Bible says. That's where my citizenship is. And someday, I'm going home. Actually, I, I think we're pretty close to, you know, when we were little, my dad, he had this whistle. When he whistled, you know, it's time to come home. And it's going to be a trumpet this time. But our father's about to open up and say, y'all come on home. And then here we go. My prayers, I can dunk on the way up because I never have on a basketball court. But you know what I'm telling you? This isn't our home. This isn't it. But we're here, and we're here for a reason, and we're here to be light, and we're here to help other people know and get to know who our Father is so they can spend eternity the same place we are. We have a job to do. We're commissioned 
by God to be ambassadors for him, to represent him well. And we have to do that by walking in joy. So let's keep going. Look at what else it does. Proverbs 17, 22. Listen, it's just, it just helps you in the natural. It's healthy. A cheerful heart is a good medicine. Did you know that? A cheerful heart is good medicine. There's something, when you think about good medicine, you're thinking about something that, that helps remedy the struggle or the sickness or the stuff that you're going through. And the Bible said, listen, cheerful heart works like that too. If you can walk in joy, you'll physically be healthier. You'll spiritually be healthier. But even physically, you'll be healthier. It's been proven that when people give up, their body knows it. We, if, if, we, if we continue to say, listen, there's something that we can still rejoice in. It doesn't mean, listen, I'm, just so you know, I'm, I'm talking about what the word says. I'm not telling you, you know, that, uh, you know, you go out there and, you know, you're hammering something and you're fixing something. And you hammer your thumb. You're like, joy, I love it. I love it. That's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying, when something happens, you know that you have a God with you that can help you walk through whatever it is that you face. That life doesn't end because you, you hit a bump. Because something happens. Listen, can I just tell you, even if life here ends, your life doesn't end. There is, the Bible talks about the joy as far as knowing that we're going to spend eternity with God forever and ever and ever. But we have to have a different focus to realize, man, we, we, that's the joy that we have. And it's not about being fake. It's about being real. See, why do we think that walking in joy, you see people like, oh, they're, they're acting like they're so happy. I know what they're going through. They're fake. Why is that fake? That's actually what the Bible talks about, joy in the midst of struggle. Jesus wasn't faking it when the storm was there and he was in the boat at peace. He wasn't working on his acting skills and inside he's terrified. No, you know what? He knew. He knew what God called him to do and he knew he hadn't fulfilled that and he knew that he was getting to the other side. And why was there a storm? Because what happened when he got to the other side? He set free the demon-possessed that had been wreaking havoc all over the area. And he goes over and he sets them free. The enemy knows, hey, if he gets to the other side, I'm losing. And if the enemy knows for you, if you make it to what God has for you, it affects his kingdom. So he's going to try to get you. I'm going to tell you what he's going to try to do. At all costs, steal your joy. Because if he steals your joy, he's got your strength, and now you're weak, and now you'll struggle. So he'll do things. He'll, 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 he'll try to get you to question the validity of God's word. He'll try to get you to doubt things. He'll, he'll, he'll put all this negative stuff he brings at you. And there's times to say, listen, I'm not losing my joy. You can't have it. You can't have it. Let's be joyful, joyful people. It comes from God. It helps us. It gives us health. It gives us strength. And also it, it connects us as children of God. Look at Psalms 144 verse 15. 
Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Then he says this, joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. When you are connected and and God is your God, and he's Lord of your life, which means he's in charge of your life, you're joyful. That's what he says in John 15. We read it earlier. If you remain in him, you get his joy. So much of it, that it overflows. So here's the, here's the question that I would ask you to think about and do your own personal inventory just like I do. Are you overflowing with joy? And if not, don't condemn yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Just ask why. If God says I remain in him, I'll overflow with his joy. Is there an area in your life or in my life that sometimes we think, I got this, I can handle this. And we not separate from God in the sense of cut off relationship, but we just think we can do it on our own. And if we do that, that's the places where we don't really see the joy manifest because it's only as we remain in him. In him. Now I'm going to say this, and then I'll, I'll tell you another thing to help you understand. My my concern as not just as a pastor, but as a believer, and I've said this many times, that people don't, work the church churches in general, and even growing up in church, and even churches I was at before, the the the. The plan was, what do we need to do to get people here? And we come up with all these creative things to try to grow the church. And I'm not saying that those are wrong. But what I'm saying is, the reason why people don't flock to the church is because the church isn't really that different. But I'm telling you, if we walked in the fruit of the Spirit, the way God's called us to do it, We wouldn't have to try to convince people, you should come to church. They're going to want to go because they're going to see something that they can't get anywhere else except from God. And it doesn't have to be that. It can be any church. It doesn't have to be this one. But they'll go somewhere to say, hey, I want to connect. Remember in Acts 3 when the guy was healed, the lame man was healed? He didn't run home and tell grandma. You know what he did? He followed them to the temple because they were going to the temple to pray when they came up to him. Listen, people, it says all through Scripture that people saw something. And and, in Acts, all through Acts, people got saved because of what they saw happen in people's life. They didn't get saved just because somebody was talking. Peter started preaching, but he preached after they saw the lame man healed is when he started talking. And we got to have our life line up with what we talk. We can be sometimes the most critical. We can be the people that are, you know, that, that find the negative. And, 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 and not just saying, I'm not saying that you ignore it because you got to know what's wrong in order to fix it. But at the same time, when it comes to people, we got to, look, we got to have joy flowing out of our life that we're just loving people and we have so much joy in us that when they get around us, we affect them with joy. We don't lose our joy because of, Concerns we have about them. 
or because of things that they've said or because of things that they've done. Listen, joy is going to make it. I'm telling you, it's going to, to me, it's one of the top evangelistic tools that God has given us. It's the opportunity to walk in joy. All right, look at uh, this last one. It helps us look beyond our circumstances. This is what joy does. Jesus is the greatest example. Hebrews 12. We're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness in the life of faith. Strip off every weight that slows us down. The sin that easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Listen for this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Listen, you know what? You know why Jesus was able to go through that agony on the cross? Because of what he knew was coming. You know what that was? It's me and you in relationship with his father and him sitting in place of honor beside his dad, beside his father. He knew. He had something to say, look, yeah, this is going to hurt. This is going to be tough. But because of the joy that awaits me and my father, I'm going through it. I'm going to do it. Because it's going to produce something. Sometimes we have to have the attitude, listen, the Bible never says we're not going to go through anything. But it does say when we do that we're going to grow and we're going to make it because we have the Spirit of God with us. Look at the next scripture, James 1, 2 through 4. Brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. I used to hate this verse. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That sounds ridiculous in some ways to people. Man, I got a lot of trouble. Man, count it joy, bro. Count that joy. What an opportunity for joy. But you know what I'm realizing? Is, is, it says when you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So there's times we're going through things, it helps us, and we grow. But here's one reason how, why I think we can count it as an opportunity for great joy. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and in every opportunity, and in every struggle, and every trouble you have, you have an opportunity to let the Spirit lead. You have an opportunity in, in whatever you're facing right now. You have an opportunity in your own life right now to say, you know what? Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm going to let you take this one. And you know what's going to happen? You remain in him. You're going to find yourself joyful in the middle of it. Anybody can be happy when it's done. But people filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, they'll be happy in the process. They'll be full of joy in the process. Because there's always that, you know, that's where you find out what's really, where people really are, is in difficulty. I've heard people say, man, they are so sweet. Cross them. <laughs> Make them mad. Sweetness goes away. 
Oh, they're so patient. Sit in traffic. I used to have people tell me, oh, you just seem like you're so patient. Like you just, you know, you just believe in people. You just, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. And Friday night, 6 o'clock, 77. My Holy Spirit, I got this one. Wrong battle, boy. Now, that was a long time ago. That was, that was a week and a half. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But you know what? I'm telling you, in those times, you find out. You find out. Everybody's good when things are good. When the pressure comes, what comes out of you? I talked about that. I said this last week. You soak a sponge in grape Kool-Aid and squeeze it. What comes out? You can act like it's lemonade if you want to, but everybody knows because fruit is on the outside. Fruit is what people see. The fruit of the Spirit, people see it. You don't just talk about it. You can talk about the seed that you planted in the ground, but they're not going to believe what's in there until they see it come out. And if what they see come out doesn't match with what you said you planted, listen, they're going to go with the fruit. They're going to say, well, you can say you planted that, but this is what I see. So for us, if we have the Spirit of God in our life and we're remaining in Him, people need to see it. People need to see the fruit. Let's go to the next one. Look at Habakkuk 3, 17. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there's no grapes on the vines. So far, that would probably be tough if that's the way you make it in life. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, The flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Yet, see this is where you tap into something deeper than just your circumstance. Yet I rejoice in the Lord and I will be full of joy in the God of my salvation. No provision, no cattle, no fruit, no vines are working, nothing's happening. It's like we are in trouble But there's something in me that can still rejoice. There's something in me that can still be full of joy because of the God I serve. That he will take care of me. That he is faithful. And if I asked every one of you, is God bigger than your circumstance? You would say yes. And if you believe that and you have the Holy Spirit who reminds you of that, then listen, you're going to make it through and you're going to do it. So why not start rejoicing now? If the joy of the Lord is your strength, then start using your joy. And in doing that, you're building up your strength and you'll walk through it completely different than you did before. So don't look at how, well, man, I really, man, I don't walk in joy very much. Listen, start today. Leave this place today. God, I surrender. I surrender to the Spirit of God in my life. I want this fruit. And I'm going to remain in you because you're the vine, I'm the branch. You're the source, I get to bear the fruit. I get to wear the fruit of what comes from the source. That's who we are. That's what we get to experience. Psalms 119, 143. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Basically talking about the word of God. When pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in the word of God. How many have faced any pressure the last year? 
Any stress? Listen, this is where joy comes from. You're, you're connected to God and His Word. And even when pressure and stress are bearing down on you, it's still not a reason that you can't walk in joy because you have the Word of God that has the answer to everything you're facing. You have the Word that has the solution for everything that you're dealing with. Look at John 16, 20 through 24. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. He's talking about, obviously, he's getting ready to go to the cross. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I'll see you again, and then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. At the time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You, you haven't done this before, but ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, he said, listen, it's going to be tough at the moment, but then joy is coming. And when joy comes, it's going to be because of what I've done. You now have access to the Heavenly Father like you never have before. And you can now go using my name and ask for anything you want, and you'll receive it, and you will have abundant joy. Abundant joy. Not just joy, a lot of it. Because you get to go to God in Jesus' name. Okay, in Jesus' name, which means you get to use the name of Jesus to go straight to God to ask for anything you want and you get it. Now, here's the thing. If you're remaining in him, then you're going to ask for the things that line up with his word. Some people say, well, I'm asking for a million dollars. Listen, you, you can't handle that unless you tithe and then I'll pray with you. No, I'm just kidding. We, just kidding. God's our, God's our source. But listen, abundant joy. Did Jesus go through a difficult thing? Was it hard for the disciples? Yeah, I'm sure it was. But they knew. Jesus said, listen, but it's going to turn to joy because you're going to realize what that produced. And because of that, what you have today, and you can go to God and ask for anything, but the same thing at the very end says this, and you will have abundant joy. That's, that's, that's for us. I want to walk in more joy every day. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 10. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. See, Paul, they've been through it. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. We prove that by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love, we faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Listen to that. Think about that. We serve God whether they honor us or despise us. Doesn't matter what people think. Whether they slander us or praise us. We're honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death. We're still alive. We've been beaten, but we've not been killed. 
Our hearts ache. Listen to this. But we always have joy. (laughs) Are you kidding me? In the natural, you think about it. I mean, just, just, just reading that. Just reading that. We are beaten. We've been, we've been ridiculed. We've been hurt. We've been in prison. We've gone without food. We've had people go against us. Then they say this, but you know what? Here's what happens. We're going to live for the Lord no matter what people like us or don't, whether they honor us or despise us. It doesn't matter because there's something deeper in us and stronger in us that's not based on people's response to us or based on how people view us, whether it's a right view or a wrong view. That doesn't matter. What matters is in the midst of all of this, we're serving God. And because we're connected to him, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And even though our hearts hurt, and even though we've been physically beat up and we're in even physical pain, we are still always full of joy. That's the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit that doesn't go away when you face difficulty, doesn't go away when there's pain, that doesn't go away when, there's, when someone makes fun of you, or doesn't go away when someone doesn't see things the way you see it. It doesn't go away in that. You know what? It stays. It stays always. It's always there. It's always abounding. It's always overflowing because it's connected to something way deeper than your circumstance. It's connected to something way deeper than your feelings. It's not your joy. It's the joy that the Holy Spirit produces. And he's producing that all the time in your life. All the time. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles. They're very poor. but They're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Listen, it even says they're very poor, but they're very generous. And see, that comes from the abundance of joy that they have to know that God is their source. And they're so connected to God that they don't give based on what they can afford. They give based on their trust with God. They're generous, but they're very poor, but they're still generous. And it goes on to talk about their giving. And it goes on to to talk about how, what an example they are. And it's not, listen, I'm not saying this because when we take the offering, listen, you know, if you've been here, we don't pressure you to give. But I will tell you this, if you, if you struggle giving, if you struggle giving because of what if, what if I don't have what I need? What if, I'm telling you, God is your source. And I'm telling you, tithers, you'll make it. You'll make it. I've never had someone in my office with financial trouble who's been a faithful tither. Never. Never. I've had people in there and thought, you know, I think I need to tithe. And then they started tithing and things have happened. God's provided. Doesn't mean we don't go through things. But listen, God always provides. But see, the Bible says to give cheerfully because your giving isn't because you have to prove something. Your giving shows that God is number one, that you trust him, that what the world systems and everything goes. I'm telling you, it's just, 
It's, it's, a, it's a place of growth and maturity where you get to where you trust God more and more. And if you struggle right now with tithing, this is a side note. Listen, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying, well, check them all. Check. No, because I don't. I, you give what you give. God's our source, not you. I'm not going to try to convince you to tithe, but as your pastor equipping you to do the work of the ministry, I do want to tell you this. I do want to tell you this, that scripturally, the windows of heaven are open when you're faithful to obey the Lord. You actually can't afford not to. That's the real deal. I've been, I've, I'm, listen, I've been through it. I've seen, I've struggled financially. We've struggled financially in the sense of always just been like check to check. But one thing I can tell you, I've never, my parents taught me early. And I've been faithful to tithe, whether I had it or not. It's the first check I write. Or Patty writes. (laughs) But it comes out. And I can say what the psalmist said in Psalms 37. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I've never seen his seed begging for bread. But you can only give joyfully when you really trust God. When you remain in him, you know. You know when you remain in him, he's got you. He's got you. I want to encourage you as we close. God wants to today restore joy in your life.